How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right, let's talk some college baseball. The University of Miami will be on the road for the regionals this weekend in all of uh, in all in uh, in all places. Gainesville to take on uh, South Alabama on Friday, and then perhaps a showdown with the Florida Gators. So Miami on the road for the regionals in Gainesville. They will play at five o'clock on Friday afternoon against South Alabama. The Gators have South Florida. That game will, I believe, uh, first pitch will be at 12 o'clock. And uh, the two winners will play on Saturday. So baseball regional time, always a... Exciting time in college baseball. Kendall Rogers, D1Baseball.com Managing Editor is with us. Kendall, thank you for joining us. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Gainesville Regional? Well, I know we're all so shocked that Miami was sent to Gainesville, right? I mean, that's that's never happened before. So, uh, you know, we we get a match, a rematch here from earlier this year. You know, obviously uh, the Gators had had some success against the Canes in the, the past few years. We don't need to rehash that. But, you know, Miami... Got square with those guys earlier this year. They played a really, really good weekend series up in Gainesville earlier this year, and we'll, we'll try to uh, emulate that performance. Um, I think when you look at this field overall, uh, it's really intriguing. You know, you look at South Florida, there's certainly a program uh, that has talent. You know, Billy Mole has had some good years there. They didn't have a great year. Then they go on the run in the American Athletic Conference Tournament, uh, and so they're the fourth seed. That's actually kind of a tough fourth seed, I think. Um, and then when you look at Miami and South Alabama, the big guy from South Alabama, Miles Smith, has done a really nice job on the mound. They've had some injury issues. Guys like Jeremy Lee have been kind of banged up. And so, you know, Miles Smith has really stepped up for them. And, of course, offensively, uh, when you look at the Jags, you know, they have one of the best players or one of the, the best power hitters in the country. And, uh, you know, Ethan Wilson, he's a guy that, uh, I mean, he can, he can really, really make it happen uh, with a bat. And, of course, Michael Sandel. Uh, you know, hit. I think he has nine homers. Actually, one more homer than uh, Ethan Wilson. So those two guys can, can kind of really make it happen from a uh, power standpoint. They've got some other guys. You know, Santi Montiel is a, is a guy. Uh, you know, for South Al to, to keep an eye on as well. So I think this is a really competitive regional. Yeah, South Alabama. Uh, back in the eighties, early nineties, seventies, eighties, nineties, they had yeah. some pretty good baseball teams, uh very good baseball program. So they do have a lot of history inside their baseball program. The Gators, what are your thoughts on the way Florida played this year? 
Well, I mean, they started the season not playing so hot, and, and I'm not going to chalk that up to the reason why they lost the series in Miami, but they just weren't playing very well early on. I mean, if you even look back to the Miami series, I, I want to say they had several walks in that, that blown game they had that ultimately lost that series for them. And so I think for much of the year that Florida has not played the way that we thought they would coming into the season, uh, I did see them at the uh, – you know, at the um, – the SEC tournament, and I thought Kevin O'Sullivan's club started to play a lot better. Um, you know, they're getting good performances. Franco Aliman uh, threw really well for the Gators at the SEC tournament. Uh, Tommy Mays, Hunter Barco uh, both threw well, and then when you look at the back end, they've got a good one in Jack Lutwitz. So when you combine that with the fact that you know Nathan Hickey's in it for power, uh, Judd Fabian's got much better offensively since early in the season when he was. I think he. Struck out, I want to say one of those series early in the year, he struck out every single of that. Uh, he's gotten more more in a flow. Uh, you know, Sterling Thompson, a young hitter for them, uh, you know, looks very good in Hoover. So Florida's starting to look a lot more balanced. I would still say my, the jury is still out on whether or not they can kind of put together those kind of consistent weekends, especially in the postseason, but they're playing better, that's for sure. Kendall Rogers, D1Baseball.com, managing editor, is our guest. Okay, let's uh, take a look at the rest of the regionals, an overview of the uh, NCAA tournament, and maybe not every regional, but I am interested in the one that Miami is matched up with, and that is the Austin-Texas regional. Pretty good uh, teams mentioned there, Texas and Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, how about this regional? You know, obviously Southern, and you know, I'm not going to call them a pushover, but obviously Southern working – behind the eight ball here. Uh, but you look at the rest of these teams, you know, Texas is a team for me. Uh, when you look at the horns from a pitching standpoint, it's hard to get much better. Maybe Vanderbilt, uh, you know, obviously might be better with, with Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker uh, and potentially even Florida. But I think when you look at this uh, pitching staff for the horns uh, with Ty Madden and All-American on the front of the rotation, uh, Tristan Stevens has done a really nice job, you know, coming in the year. He's supposed to be a closer for them. He got kind of thrust in a weak rotation. He's been terrific. And of course, Pete Hanson, uh, he's one of the better left-handed pitchers in the country, and he's their number three starter. So Texas loaded on the mound. The big key for Texas, if you're just kind of watching across the country this weekend in regional action, the big key for Texas is getting power hitter Ivan Melendez back on track. He really struggled in Oklahoma City. If he struggles, that offense takes on a totally different look. Uh, Arizona State, for me, they've weathered a lot of injuries this year. I think – their top two starters, I almost say their top two relievers, have all missed the season with injuries, yet they just continue to win. And a big reason for that is Ethan Long, a talented freshman for the Sun Devils. Uh, you know, I want to say that has 18 or 19 home runs right now. You know, a lot of people are kind of calling him Spencer Torkelson 2.0. He's not, he's not quite that polished, but I tell you what, uh, he's got a lot of power. So keep an eye on him. And of course, there's Fairfield in that regional, guys. I mean, it's a, a club that we're wondering now, okay, is this Stony Brook 2.0? Or is this a pretender? You know, they went, had an undefeated regular season in Metro Atlantic Conference play, uh, but they also did not play non-conference games. So nobody really knows what to expect from the fighting stags this weekend. I'm kind of curious to see them over in Austin this weekend. No, it's, it's an interesting matchup because Miami uh, and Texas, Miami and Arizona State, have a lot of history in terms of postseason play. Florida has history against Texas in the postseason, so that could be an intriguing uh, super regional, whoever might get there. Arkansas has the number one seed, overall number one seed. Are they the most talented team in college baseball? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for me when I look at Arkansas is they're just so deep. Uh, you know, I look at the, you know, the SEC tournament, you know, they lose their starting first baseman. 
they have a kid by the name of Charlie Wells come off the bench and get huge hits for them. So, you know, they're excellent up the middle with Jalen Battles and Robert Moore, two of the most electric uh, defenders you'll see in college baseball. they got a great defender behind the plate in uh, Casey Opitz. Uh, they're just really loaded offensively. And on the mound, you know, even when they lost, uh, you know, one of their weekend starters and they lost a, a reliever over the weekend, like they just have guys that like you, you're the least, you know, that you're least expecting to step up. Those guys end up stepping up and giving them big innings. So, you know, Arkansas hasn't lost a series all year. Uh, they stormed through the SEC tournament without losing a game. And I don't really see any reason with Kevin Cobbs in the back end of the bullpen. I mean, he might be a gold spikes winner this year. He's been that good as a reliever. I mean, it's going to be really, really difficult for someone to beat this team, especially if Arkansas has, you know, any semblance of a lead uh, late in the game. LSU gets into the tournament. It was a struggle for LSU all year long. What are your thoughts about LSU getting in? And uh, when it's done with Coach Maneri, who, who gets that job? Yeah, I mean, I think LSU, uh, obviously, I think they should have gotten in either way. I mean, they, they finished the regular season pretty strong. And obviously, now we get kind of the, the swan song here, the send-off for Paul Maneri. And, you know, I think LSU uh, is, is an interesting club. You know, Landon Marcel in the front of the rotation is a really, really good age. Obviously, they're going to need guys like A.J. Labor to step up. You know, Paul certainly has strong ties uh, to the Miami area. and Really intrigued to see what he does. I would love to see Paul go out uh, with a trip to Omaha. The other regionals that we'll take a look at, uh, Florida State, they get in, they go to Oxford. Miami was there a couple years, or rather, uh, they're going to go to Ole Miss. I was thinking about Mississippi State. Miami played at Mississippi State a couple years ago. Uh, but a lot of Florida teams are in. Florida State goes to the Ole Miss regional. Yeah, this is a tough regional. You know, if I if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I'm a little ticked off, and I look at Starkville with, yeah. you know, VCU uh, and Campbell there, and all of a sudden I get Florida State and Southern Miss. Uh, you know, if Parker Messick and the Knowles, if they can just get past that first game, um, they've got a shot to win that thing, and, and that's not that's not a cakewalk. I mean, Southern Miss, you know, Hunter Stanley, Walker Powell, uh, Ben Etheridge, that's a really really good uh, one two three punch, and so. Uh, it's going to be interesting to me in that regional to see how Ole Miss navigates things. They start, you know, likely All-American Doug McKenzie in the opening game against Dylan Dodd. Is that a terrific year for Southeast Missouri? Or do they play the long game and start him in the second game? So, I mean, I, I actually think I picked Florida State in this one. Uh, I have a right to change that by the end of the week. But um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of liking the Knowles a little bit. I, I feel like the Knowles are flying under the radar, which does not happen very often. Blasphemy, blasphemy on this show. Um, I know, right? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, eight, eight ACC teams make the tournament. Were you surprised that Louisville faded? I was surprised they faded. Certainly not surprised they didn't get in, but I was a little surprised they faded. I, you know, Dan McDonald's a terrific coach, and uh, I kept waiting for Louisville just to kind of flip that switch, and they just never did. They never got in a groove. So uh, that didn't surprise me that much. I mean, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're not getting in. I think when I look around this league, I mean, I think Notre, uh, Notre Dame should have gotten a top eight seed. I think any team, if they lose one weekend series in the ACC, uh, they ought to be a top eight national seed. I, I get it. The committee said, well, they didn't play enough non-conference games. Well, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I'd rather judge uh, the U based on, you know, how they did against teams in their conference instead of, you know, judging it based on how they did against FAU or FIU on the midweek. And so I didn't really like that line of reasoning from the committee. Uh, and then the other thing about the ACC in the tournament, 
Uh, I really, really thought Pitt should have gotten in. I mean, I think we look at Pitt and you look at the number of high-end series wins for uh, Mike Bell and company. Uh, you know, they essentially got off track those last two weekends because they were on a COVID pause, and so they didn't make the they didn't make the tournament because they struggled two weeks after having COVID. So I thought that was a really weird reasoning to leave them out uh, just and look at their RPI whenever they've got so many impressive. Uh, wins and conference and with the ACC you, you can't really look at RPI that much I mean they, they didn't play very many non-conference games and so it's impossible to drive too much from the RPI here yeah no question um Duke came out of nowhere they got right hot at the end of the year they won the ACC tournament they do go to Knoxville Tennessee's had a very good season yeah I mean how about that regional you know Tennessee rolls to the SEC tournament loses to Arkansas they get a top three seed and oh, by the way, you've got to play Wright State as your four who beat them in a series last year. Um, and then you get Duke, the hottest team in the ACC outside of Virginia, uh, as your two seed. So just looking at that regional, I think, you know, Duke is certainly worth watching. Chris Pollard, what a, what a magician that guy is. I mean, they, they were left for dead. I mean, this is a bad team at the midseason mark. They rallied the troops and, uh, they finished incredibly strong. They looked very, very good in the ACC tournament. Uh, as we get through this, uh, give me some of your teams that you think uh, will reach Omaha. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, I mean, obviously Arkansas is going to be one of those teams. I just think you look at the Hogs overall. I mean, they haven't been tripped up this year yet. I don't see any reason why they would get tripped up now. Uh, you know, I, I think Texas Tech, for me, they're one of those teams that, I mean, they're just money in the postseason. Uh, they do have a favorable favorable bracket with uh, North Carolina and UCLA going to Lubbock. Um, you know, they get the Stanford regional winner, and I think they'll take care of business there. I've got Arizona and Omaha, Vanderbilt and Omaha. I've got Mississippi State, TCU, Tennessee. And the last one, I'm just not real sure. Um, I mean, my first bracket, I picked Florida over Texas. But, I mean, it, would it surprise me if Miami went that bracket? Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. I, I've actually con- gone back and forth on who I even think is going to win the Gainesville bracket. That's, a, that's the interesting thing about Florida to me, guys, is like I think Florida could go 0-2, and, and I think Florida could win the whole thing. Like that's, that's how strange this team is. Yeah, Florida can be quirky. Kevin O'Sullivan can Definitely. be quirky with his pitching staff or the way he handles them, I think. Uh, he's done a great job with that program. Sometimes he leaves himself open for criticism. With uh, Sometimes he's got a very short leash on his pitching staff. But uh, I guess you can do that when you have a deep staff, as he often does. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, they're like I said, they're, they're finally starting to figure things out a little bit at the right time. Uh, you know, Franco Aleman, the times I've seen him this year, other than the SEC tournament, he was just not very good. Uh, he had excellent command of the fastball and the slider of the SEC tournament. If that continues on uh, this weekend, um, they would probably have a pretty good shot. You know, Sully mentioned over the weekend that, hey, you know, if we're going to make a run in this thing, Franco Aleman has to be that kind of guy. Uh, and he was this past weekend. So circle Franco Aleman. I think he's the big key for these guys. Kendall, where do you think college baseball is today in terms of the level of play? Are we getting more guys staying in college playing? I know a lot of guys stayed over because of the pandemic. There will be fewer rounds in the draft. Do you think this is going to create more depth in college baseball? And uh, does Major League Baseball look more favorably on college baseball? 
Yeah, there's no doubt. The relationship between Major League Baseball and college baseball has gotten exponentially better over the years. Um, I think when you look at some of the comments by Rob Manfred, the commissioner, uh, they're a lot more willing to work with college baseball. They've now gotten to the point, you know, and it's not because this is because of college baseball. They've gotten to the point, though, where they're comfortable having the draft after the College World Series. And so, uh, you know, what college baseball has wanted from a draft standpoint, um, they've gotten. So, uh, you know, the next steps for me in college baseball would be scholarship uh, relief. You know, I yeah. think one of the big discussions now is, you know, do we move college baseball from an equivalency sport, 11.7, to a headcount sport where, like, everyone that's on scholarship has a full ride. And so I think that's going to be the next hot topic in college baseball as we kind of navigate these next four or five years. But this sport's in a really good spot. The, the talent continues to get better. The commitment across the board continues to get better. And facilities get, are continuing to get better. I mean, uh, it, it is harder to find a, a cruddy facility now than it ever has been. Like, I remember, you know, even 10 years ago, I mean, there were just a select number of schools that had nice facilities. Now, hey, even if a school doesn't have a nice ballpark, guess what they do have? They have nice player amenities and nice player facilities. So this this sport's taken a, a big leap forward, and certainly a, a program like Miami is, is a big reason for that when you look at Ron Frazier and, and, and certainly uh, Jim Morris and the, and the things that they accomplished, and now the torch is over to uh, Gino. And so, uh, you know, the program, programs like that that kind of set the foundation, uh, we have a lot to be you know, thankful for. Yeah, I, I would submit to you what you just said in terms of the scholarships. If if it was full scholar, if it was a full scholarship sport, the University of Miami would be even more successful. I think it's a bit of a struggle. Oh, be a monster. With the, yeah, they would be a monster. Right? And it's hard. People, that's kind of the story that goes under the radar. People don't really understand. Wait, what? You don't get a full scholarship in baseball? They don't understand that. And for private schools, it really puts them behind the eight ball. There's no doubt. I mean, I don't know what the, the actual cost of attending the, the U is, but, you know, I, I look at, you know, Rice and Vanderbilt, uh, Rice here in the city of Houston, and both of those schools are like $68,000 a year. And so, I mean, I can't imagine if I was a parent and my kid wanted to go to Miami, but they had to pay, you know, they were only paying 30% of my school. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll make it work for my kid, but that is a lot of money. Yep, no question. And to your point, uh, in terms of the stadiums, I think we will see that this weekend at the regionals. Most of them will be televised, and there will be some uh, great stadiums. And I think the fans are coming back to college baseball. There's more emotion in college baseball. So I think this is going to be a really fun weekend to watch the regionals. And we'll see what happens in Gainesville. We'll see how much damage the Hurricanes can do. Uh, They've gone up there in the past, and they have beaten the Florida Gators. Uh, Not recently, but this is a team that can do it they did beat them uh, in the regular season to start the year have struggled in the postseason the last couple of years but Miami has I think a a very good chance of uh, ending up in the super regional against either Texas or Arizona State and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us thank you very much yeah you got it y'all good luck to the Canes this weekend all right, that's uh, Kendall Rogers, D1Baseball.com, managing editor with a good look at college baseball. Should be a fun weekend. When we come back, we'll talk Canes baseball. Anthony Villar is in the on-deck circle. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. 
Canes finished 32 and 19. Played 51 games this year. Anthony Villar played in all 51 games. Canes on the road to the Gainesville Regional on Friday. They will play South Alabama at 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Anthony Villar is with us. As I mentioned, he played all 51 games for the University of Miami. Hit 292. Has become a good friend of the show here. And uh, Anthony Villar with us. Good evening, Anthony. How are you doing tonight? Good, Joe. How are you? Very good, thank you. All right, you uh, got the message, you got the uh, word. You're going to Gainesville. What was your What was your reaction when you heard the University of Miami going to Gainesville? Yeah, the reaction is we were all pumped to to be able to go back to Gainesville, to be able to go back to where it all started this year with the series win that we had up against Florida. Um, but first, like you said, we have South Alabama first on Friday, so we're focusing on them first. Yep, South Alabama uh, has a very good starting pitcher. But what what is your focus? Uh, we didn't have a regional a year ago. You guys, uh, two years ago at Mississippi State. Is there anything that you learned from that regional at Mississippi State that, that you can take into this regional in terms of postseason play? Yeah, for sure. The biggest thing that I learned is the first game is probably the most important game because if you don't win that game, then you're you're already on the loser's side of the of the tournament. So at the end of the day, you're going to have to beat one of the teams two times to advance if you lose the first game. So I think the most important game for us right now definitely is the first game to win. Right. South Alabama, big challenge. Uh, Not to get ahead of myself, but should you run into the Gators, uh, what do you take from the three-game series earlier this year? How much of that carries over? Just maybe momentum, knowledge. What do you think from that series you can take into a regional should you meet the Gators? Yeah, I think we just need to have a lot of energy like we did in the in that first series. Um, playing the Gators is obviously a rival of ours. We were always going to have a lot of energy playing them. So um, I think we took two out of three, two out of three against them on Saturday and Sunday. So we got to continue that momentum and that confidence and that energy and just win against South Alabama on Friday and see who our next game is and play our hardest to get to Florida. Yeah, you know, I mentioned to you a couple of times on the show that it had to be a grind this year with the all ACC schedule for the most part and COVID and protocols. Is this the easy part of the year now? You, you get to play baseball for high stakes in front of fans. Yeah, it's definitely the funnest part of the year. Uh, it's playoff baseball that everybody looks forward to. So we're ready to get going, that's for sure. Uh, you went to Louisville. It's kind of a microcosm of your season. You go to Louisville, you sweep the Cardinals in three really hard-fought games, go to the ACC tournament, come up short there in two games. Uh, where do you think your team is right now in terms of their uh, mentality and, and emotion? I think I think we're just leaving all of it behind, honestly. Everything that happened throughout the season, I think we're just we're wiping the slate clean. And like Gino said the other day, everyone's starting right now at, with a record of 0-0. Nothing that's happened in the season, has, does it, no, nothing matters anymore except winning now in playoffs. So that's what we're focusing on. Yeah, and of course, uh, tournaments are always fun, right? Kids, you guys have grown up uh, in your travel ball, high school, now college, playing tournaments. This, this is what you look forward to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely a different type of tournament. You're playing for something bigger. You're playing for the program. You're playing to go to Omaha. So that's the main goal, and that's what, that's what we're doing. How about your own game? Uh, I mentioned you're hitting 292. I could probably 
pick up these stats almost any time this season, and you'll probably be between 292 and, I don't know, 325, 330. I mentioned before, always a, a very consistent player. What is your approach What what is your approach going to be going into the regionals? Just keep doing what I'm doing. See the ball yeah. well. Try to hit the ball hard anywhere I can, wherever the ball is pitched. That's where I'm going to hit it. Um, but anything I can do to help the team win, whether it's move a guy over, get a guy in, move him over with a bunt, if, if that's, that's what it calls for, anything, whatever it takes to get the guy to score some runs, that's what I'm going to do. That's the approach. Yeah. Um, your pitching staff, how do you feel about the way things are going right now? I thought the pitching was really good against Louisville. I thought the pitching was, was pretty good last week at the ACC tournament. Yeah, they've been excellent the last, probably the last month. They've been really good. They've, They've been carrying it for us. Um, the hitters haven't been doing as well as, as we wanted to. Like I said, it's playoff baseball. Anything can happen, and we're going to turn it up a notch like we always have in playoff baseball, and we're ready to get to Gainesville. Speaking of pitching, you, uh, you're a smart player. You see a lot of things at second base. Do you often or do you ever uh, approach your pitcher and tell him, you know, maybe uh, – a uh, guy struggling with this, struggling with that, or uh, do you ever have any kind of conversations at all uh, with your pitchers and, and let them know what you're seeing from your point of view at second base? I, I definitely let JD do most of the much of yeah. the talking with the pitchers, but um, no, with guys on base with, while they're pitching, with guys on base, I'll tell them the next thing. Listen, this guy's taking a big lead, or or this guy's trying to steal bases on you. You know, it's more that kind of talk, not more of their pitching side of it, mm-hmm. but more more worrying about the runners and not letting them advance to the next base. How about the way you and Patelli have operated up the middle? If you're going to be good, the second baseman and shortstop have to be good, and uh, certainly he's got a really good glove. Uh, you guys have turned uh, as a team 29 double plays this year. How about the chemistry between you and Patelli? Yeah, Dom's been, Dom's been amazing this year. Uh, we knew he was going to be a great defensive player. Uh, he's really held up, hit it, swinging it, but but the defense was was really was going to keep him in the lineup, and he's been doing it all year. He's been making outstanding plays, and like you said, we've been turning a lot of double plays too, which for which is good because those are inning killers for the other team. Yeah. So it's been, he's been doing a really good job. When the regionals came out, did you take a look and uh, peruse what the other regional sites look like and who you're matched up with in terms of a super regional? I think we're with Texas, right? Yeah, you are with Texas. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Texas Regional has uh, has Arizona State there, so you get some big boys in your bracket between Miami, Florida, Arizona State, and Texas. Uh, we could have some pretty good matchups brewing. I was just curious if you, if you keep an eye on what's going on around uh, with other teams, other regionals in college baseball. Um, not really, because at the end of the day, a lot of teams are going to upset a lot of higher seeds. So I don't really. Like us, I mean, we're Miami. We're not the number one seed in our regional, but we expect to win, and that's what we're going to do. So I don't really worry about the who we're matched up with because at the end of the day, I know Texas is in it because they're hosting, but one of the one of the other seeds in that in that regional can upset them, and then that's what we'll have to worry about. But right now we're just we'll focus on South Alabama on Friday and then whoever we're going to end up playing on Saturday. You know, uh, real quick, and I don't know, I keep bringing up that Mississippi State experience, and uh, the one thing that did happen, and you mentioned learning about how important that first game is, and I think at Mississippi State, 
what happened was we went to that Saturday game and it was Mississippi State playing, uh, I guess it was Central Michigan. And all of a sudden I, I looked around, right, and I thought, man, the guys really want to be in this game. Now you had that experience on Sunday, but that's where you want to be, right? You want to be in that winner's bracket game on Saturday playing against the, uh, playing against a great team in front of a big crowd. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you, you, you win those first two games and you're in the driver's seat, you're in the championship game, and whoever comes to play you, they got to be you twice since, it, since it's double elimination. So that second game is definitely important after winning the first one, and after winning that second game, you're in the driver's seat, you're in a good position to win. All right, all right, very good. You know, it's always fun having you on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to join us once again, and uh, I know you wear those hurricane colors proudly. The very best of luck in Gainesville. Go get the the Gators should you run into them. We will. Thank you, Joe. All right, take care. That's uh, Anthony Villar joining us and should be some exciting baseball in Gainesville this week with the University of Miami. And I have some exciting news from Williamson Cadillac. They've just announced a limited time vehicle buyback program. That's right, a buyback program at Williamson Cadillac. You bring in your pre-owned vehicle, and they'll buy you out of your current Ally or GM financial lease contingent of current equity and dealer's final appraisal. And right now, you'll get the best trade value the automotive industry has seen in years. Not only that, you'll avoid lease end penalties like excess mileage fees and wear and tear. So you don't want to miss this exciting opportunity at Williamson Cadillac. Schedule your appraisal right now. Visit their state-of-the-art facility, conveniently located at US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway. Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Steven Preciado is our studio producer tonight. And joining us right now from the University of Miami, pitching coach J.D. Artiaga with us. Good evening, J.D. How are you doing? Good, Joe. How are you doing today? Very good. All right, back in the NCAA tournament on the road to Gainesville. Uh, you got South Alabama, South Florida, and Florida in this regional. From a pitching standpoint, what do you think the challenge is? Well, I think the challenge at this time of year is always the same. You know, it's always you would be facing either a really hot team or a really good team. You know, so it, it's uh, we've got to be at our best. You know, we feel our pitching-wise, we've kind of hit stride a little bit, and we're throwing the ball well here the last, uh, you know, couple weeks of the season. Our bullpen has just uh, kind of settled in and to their roles, and and uh, we feel good about our pitching right now. As you get ready for uh, South Alabama on Friday, and you've got a variety of pitching options, not saying uh, tell us who you're going to start, but what, what goes into that decision? What will be some of the things that you and Gino look at uh, on how you're going to decide who gets the ball on Friday and who gets the ball on Saturday? What kind of matchups, you know, how, how our guys match up against their lineups, and uh, you know, you got to win the first game. Um, that, that's the obvious there, but uh, you know, it's it's, it's how, how how can we kind of piece piece it together to, to win the weekend? You know, it's not just one game that we're trying to win here. It's a it's, it's a whole weekend where there's you know three straight wins, or if we so happen to fall into a loser's bracket, we, we got to win you know five games. So so it's kind of that first game is whatever the best matchup is, and and we give them the best chance to to win the weekend. 
You mentioned been throwing the ball pretty well. How confident, or I mean, that's let me rephrase that. You must feel confident with the way your guys have taken on to the uh, taken on their roles here over the last two or three weeks, maybe even more than that. Yeah, you know, our starters start started to throw the ball better. You know, they haven't gone quite deep into games, but it's not totally their fault. You know, they they pitched well. They've been close games, and you know, we just feel that our bullpen is the strength of our staff right now. You know, so we get into that. Uh, that fourth, fifth, sixth inning, and it's a, it's a close game. We, we kind of have a, a quick tri- trigger to go to that bullpen that's done such a great job for us, you know, whether it's Bedanza or, or Walters or Fetterman and, of course, Tonkwitz at the end. You know, we, we feel with those four guys, it's, it's, it's really, you know, as a lead after four or five innings, we feel pretty good about ourselves. I guess another important question would be, as you lay this out, how do you manage Palmquist? Uh, you've got three games or three days, maybe even four days, uh, you know, double elimination tournament can be taxing on your bullpen. How do you manage him uh, at the uh, going into this tournament? What are your thoughts on on how you're going to be able to use him? Well, at this at this point of the season, you know, it's just basically go out and empty the tank. You know, we've been pretty good about uh, with the bullpen not overthrowing anybody. You know, um, so at this point, it's it's give us all you got for as long as you can, and 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 we'll see if it's hopefully it's enough. You know. Yeah. Um, we're not going to save them for anybody, that's for sure, because you got to win the first game to, to advance to the second game and so on and so on. So if the situation is right and we're going for the win, we go to Palmquist, you know. But we got uh, a lot of confidence in the Bedanza, Fetterman, and Walters as well at the end of the game there. Uh, I know that you, you must be putting together your scouting reports now on South Alabama and South Florida. You have played the Gators. Should you run into the Gators, how much of the information that you had from the first three games of the season could apply or help you this weekend? Uh, you know, it's a starting point. You know, it, it, it feels like we played on it so long ago, you know, as we opened the season over there. So they, they've, off, they've obviously had changed and then they've developed and gotten better and as, as we have as well. So it's, it's, it's the same team, but uh, their approaches are going to be different. Um, but right now it's, it's just getting to know South, uh, South Alabama, you know, there's not a whole lot about them. I personally have never faced them as a player, as a coach. So, um, you know, it's just, just getting to know them right now, and that's that's priority number one. Um, but uh, as far as Florida, there's they, they, a different team, you know, than they were back in mid-February. Yeah, uh, I think South Alabama might have been the first game that I ever broadcasted at uh, University of Miami. They might have been the first opponent of of, of uh, the University of Miami when I when I started broadcasting UM games. There you go. That'll help you a lot. Yeah, yeah a lot. Yeah, you got more experience against South Alabama than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that. I think the fans would be interested. How do you break down a team that you haven't seen? Is it video? Is it uh, maybe somebody that you know that has seen them? And then probably I would imagine even some on game day when they're taking batting practice. If you see batting practice, I guess maybe you don't even see batting practice. Yeah, you know, during the season you do. During the regular season, I I, I, I stay out on Friday night, especially and watch the team take batting practice. But by that point, you got a pretty good feel about their lineup and their hitters. You know, there's a lot of video work that comes into play. You know, we, we try to get as much information from, from opponents earlier in the season. Um, but, again, some, you might get three different reports on, on, on a team, and they're, they're, three, they're completely different, you know, that just because the, the way South Alabama played that weekend might be a little different. So um, you get as much information as you can from other guys, but at the end you got to trust your eyes and trust your instincts and, and watch as much video and study as much as you can and try to get a feel for them. Jake Smith was a kid that you went to here down the stretch. 
uh, ended up with 17 appearances. He pitched well 3-0. and uh, How did you feel about the way he finished the season for you? Uh, great. You know, obviously to, to me, he's probably our number one guy right now. You know, we had to win one game. He's the guy that would be getting the ball. Um, you know, but he, he did a good job coming out of the pen. You know, we had some some really talented freshmen that just outpitched him in the in the uh, preseason inner squad, you know, and he kind of was left out of that of that four-man rotation. But every time we, we called on him during the season out of the bullpen, he was very good, and, and uh, we finally made that move, I guess, uh, was after the, the Boston College series. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been very good, you know. Again, the, the just like the other starters, the only thing he has he hasn't done is gone deep into games, but it's not you know completely his fault. Um, he's had good pitch kind of been very efficient the last couple of starts. Um, this is a situation of the game. We thought that we you know our bullpen again has been our strength, and we've gone through them as soon as possible. You did have your freshman pitch in Gainesville earlier this year, Maderos and Rosario. Uh, how much do you think that can help their confidence, knowing that they've already pitched in that ballpark? Yeah, like everybody's grown a little bit since since mid-February, you know. So pitching that ballpark, um, they had some success there. You know, I know they, they each had their, their their bad innings, but they had some success there. So they know they can do it. Um, but they, they've they've learned they've learned that about themselves throughout the season. The ACC schedule is not an easy one, you know. And um, they, they pitched well at times and poor at times, but that's part of being a freshman is learning from your mistakes and learning from your bad outings. And 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 I feel you know that they have so. It is a new ballpark, by the way, and you guys uh, broke in the ballpark. Does it play differently than their old stadium? Uh, a little bit. You know, it's facing a different direction, obviously, so the wind's going to play a little different. I know, you know in the old ballpark, the, the ball used to carry a little more um, this time of year, but again, it's a different direction, so I'm not sure which way it's going to be carrying or what the, the prevailing winds are this time of year over there, so that's going to be a little bit different. Um, but it's a fast surface. It's a beautiful stadium. You know, it should be a fun fun atmosphere to play in. They, they were limited with fans first time around like we all were. Uh, I believe, you know, they're 100% open now. So it, yeah. it should be a fun atmosphere and a big crowd. Yeah, I think people, I think the, the kids are really going to enjoy that. In fact, I asked uh, Villar, I said, is this really now the most relaxed part of the season? Because you've had to go through so much between the the COVID protocols, Probably more travel, maybe more intense travel, uh, more intense games against the ACC schedule. But now, going into this regional, you're going back to a place that's somewhat familiar. You're going to have fans. you got a, a rival opponent. Maybe this is the most relaxed they'll be all year. It'd be the most normal, I can tell you that. Yeah. You know, it's, again, it's just, it's just a – and we knew going in it's going to be a different year and different challenges that we're going to have to face outside of just the game of baseball, which is challenging enough. Um, but we're very fortunate as far as the COVID and, and, and keeping guys healthy. Uh, but just the atmosphere in the dugout and having this team split, you know, half in the dugout, half in the bullpen, and, and nobody in the stands, it, it's tough sometimes to kind of to motivate yourself to, to go out there and, and just, you know, the fans are a big part. There's no doubt about it. Whether they're home fans or opponent fans, it's a big part of the game and it really brings a lot of energy to them. And the last thing is you have a lot – you mentioned earlier about the bullpen, but you do have a lot of versatility and a lot of choices in your bullpen for matchups, whether it is a Bedanza or an Aguayas or maybe even a McFarlane or a Fetterman. It seems like those guys are embracing their roles. Yeah, we do. And if we do get into a situation where we've got to, we've got to play four or five games, we've got a lot of depth as well. Like you said, McFarlane started some games from, for us, and he's on the rotation right now, but he's, he's there in the middle of the bullpen, as is Victor Medeiros and, and Arguez. You know, those guys, that can, that they're not one-inning guys. They can go out and, and give you three, four, five innings if you had to, you know. And, and again, 
there's really no pitch counts at this point in the season. It's, if, if you kind of trust your eyes and, and if he's effective in getting people out, you keep running him out there. Um, well, so we feel, we feel confident with the depth that we have in our, in our pitching staff. Well, anytime you go into a regional with the Gators, you know it's a tough regional, but you got to feel like your team pitching and the rest of the roster is battle-tested, right? It is. You know, this, 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 our strength of schedule, I'm not sure where it's ranked, but it's got to be ranked pretty high playing – you know, just just the playing twelve weeks of, of ACC baseball, the thirteenth, you know, the thirteenth week playing against Florida, and then the only other off week was Appalachian State, and and even our midweeks, you know, the, the FAUs, FIUs, the Florida Gulf Coast, those those are tough mid majors, you know, in the state of Florida that we got to play play against. That we were very successful. Um, I think we only had one loss midweek game, and that was the last one of the season against FAU. So um, we, we are battle tested, and and uh, we're ready to go. You know, ready to go, and then wherever they send us doesn't matter because it's going to be a tough one. Um, this is, happens to be Florida, some some uh, team that we're familiar with, and let's let's uh, go and strap it on this week and see what happens. Well, this is always a great time of the year for college baseball, especially for the University of Miami back in the NCAA tournament. And as always, thank you for joining us. I know you guys are going to put on a great performance. And the very best of luck, JD. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Joe. All right, that's J.D. Ardiaga with us, Hurricanes pitching coach. Canes on the road this weekend, South Alabama on Friday afternoon. The Gators will play South Florida, perhaps Miami and Florida on Saturday. Wouldn't that be a hoot? Thanks for joining us here on the show tonight. Rewind is tomorrow. Thanks to Stephen Preciato, Cameron Gorby also for putting our show together. And have a great night, everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.